Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So they're getting together for their round table. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. It is Vice President Kamala Harris in Indiana. And I debated, do I, do I cover this? Because I thought she was coming to speak to the crowd. But it doesn't seem like she's coming to speak to the crowd. She's there to to speak to, I, I, I don't know, she's speaking to just Democrats. I didn't know that was going to be the case. She's just coming to speak uh, to the Democrats. I mean, there she was. She she gets off uh, uh, Air Force Two, and she's like, here, let me let me let me tell you all what I, what what I think about uh, your state and abortion. So I'm here today in Indiana, uh, in Indianapolis, to meet with state legislators who have been so courageous in terms of their fight to stand up for a woman's right to make decisions about her own body. As we know, Indiana is the first state in the nation after the Dobbs decision to hold a special session um, where they have proposed legislation that will essentially and effectively ban access to abortion for the women of this state. No, it's about rape, incest, life of the mother. There are exceptions. That's what Republicans have put forward. What are you putting forward? So you've got this 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 roundtable going on where you've got Phil Giaquinto who heads up the, the Democrats in the House that this is going to affect women of color and low-income women. This is a ban on abortion. That's, that's not the case. The question before us is what is it the de- Democrats are offering up? And the answer is nothing except radicalness. When it comes to the idea of what, what I have said is, it seems that they want recreational abortion. So they're, they're having this, this round table. This is Phil Giaquinta, representative who runs a charge of the House Democrats. He just literally, he's threw his glasses like they fell right off his face. <laughs> That's very funny. Listen. Have their way and outlaw abortion, women will die. That doesn't sound like a pro, uh, pro-life win to me. We in, the House, we in the House Democratic Caucus will do everything in our power to protect a woman's right to own her own body. Um, now I'd like to turn it over to the uh, leader of the Indiana Senate Democrats, Greg Taylor. Thank you, Leader Giaquinta. <clears throat> Indiana currently is the only state in the nation holding a special session to ban abortion. We were scheduled to be here to provide economic relief for struggling Hoosiers. But the supermajority has taken this as an opportunity to erode away the human rights by stripping away an important component of health care. This is the beginning of a process that, if successful, will have deadly outcomes for pregnant women in the state of Indiana that has already has the third highest maternity, maternal mortality rate in the country. That's why Democrats in this body are ready to fight with everything we've got for Hoosier women and for families who deserve the freedom to make their own decisions about their family planning and reproductive considerations. The problem with this argument is the same problem that always comes up. Senator Greg Taylor there. It's that there is this dismissal of the idea that you're talking about a human life. 
it isn't just a healthcare decision like, oh, I'm going to take ibuprofen today. It's about another life, and they refuse. They refuse to engage it. I, re- I will not participate in their insanity. How they decide to go about this in this in this very strange, very, very peculiar, uh, vexing way about not addressing the core subject. They won't address a core subject. The core subject, of course, is that you're talking about a life. I can't change the fact that only women get, give birth, and it's women. Not men, not, not men who think they're women, it's women. Only ones who give birth can't change that reality. Well, Tony, that means you don't get a say. Of course I get a say. I'm a citizen of the United States. What's wrong with you? I didn't lose my rights because I don't have a vagina. You nutbags. It's a ridiculous, nonsensical, radical argument. And they refuse to recognize the idea that something gets killed in this process. Maybe, as a society, women and men should have something to say about this. They also do something that is mind-boggling. They claim oh, we're rolling back rights on women. It's an attack on women. You know how many women out there are opposed to abortion? Kamala Harris, the vice president, doesn't speak for women. Neither does Representative Greg Taylor, or Senator Greg Taylor, neither is Representative Gia Quinta. They don't represent women. Women think in all sorts of ways on this subject. All sorts of ways. So this roundtable's going on. I can't say this is for the best circumstances. I would love my state to be in the spotlight on a positive note. Unfortunately, we are here because the U.S. Supreme Court made a bad decision as it relates to abortions. And Republicans in my state, Indiana, have decided to make restrictions on this safe medical procedure. Just a few weeks ago... Proof. Proof. I'm not sure who's saying that right now. Safe medical procedure? That's not what we're talking about. Listen to the lying. Although they get into the 10-year-old. Here in Indiana, she is a baby. Why should we force babies to have babies? That's a legitimate question, but that's not how you started. You started by saying it's not even a baby. You started by discussing the safe medical procedure. You won't even admit that it's killing something. Man, I didn't realize this was so tough for people. I really and truly did. I am, I am kind of shocked that, that there are people out there who, who, who still think they can push the gaslighting of this conversation without the depth of this conversation. And there is great depth to this conversation. Why don't we in Indiana have it with the depth? But the Indiana Democratic Party isn't giving that. It's all talking point. It's all nonsense, radical attack. And none of it is about a, a recognition of two parts of reality. Number one, we're talking about a human life here, and that's what makes it different. And number two, we might have a different view of this. And now you hear Democrats talking about, well, we already have such a terrible uh, uh, record when it comes uh, to uh, infant mortality. Indiana does have low infant mortality. Me, or, or is it high infant mortality? Is that how I would say it? Where we do have infants who, who, who die, and it's, it's horrific. Is that having to do with 
with dollars and cents? Does it have to do with uh, how the healthcare system works here? Does it have to do with uh, with prenatal care? Uh, a, a series of, of, of conversations. But it has nothing to do with the abortion conversation. They are separate conversations. Because I can tell you that the abortion's not good for the infant. That's obvious and clear. Except when it comes to women making decisions for themselves. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Representative Pryor. Uh, Senator Jean Bro. Uh, thank you, Representative Pryor. First, let me say, I am so. So, a little bit of audio issue right there. I'm hoping they figure that one out because uh, Jean Bro was one of the people who's very, very front and center. We, we talked about her uh, last week there. I, I'm, again, surprised to the extent I brought this to you. By the way, Congressman Andre Carson's there sitting next to the, to the vice president. I, it wasn't my plan to bring this to you. It wasn't my plan to share this. By the way, uh, Representative Bro or Senator Bro is wearing a Black Lives Matter mask. They're all masked up. Uh, wearing a Black Lives Matter mask. So, you know, it's a good thing we're staying on topic here. But the political left always overplays their hands, so what do you expect? She's talking about infant mortality and how black babies in Indiana die at two and a half times the rate of white babies. I would agree. That's terrible. Nothing to do with the abortion conversation. Nothing to do with the abortion conversation. Zero, zip, nada, nunca. But they're going to do this whole roundtable, they are. They're going to have the whole roundtable conversation not addressing the serious issues. I find that to be a problem. I find that to be exactly the thing that Indiana should not want. I find that to be the issue. I've got more on this coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Weeks ago, having a, a, a similar conversation, and um, I just want to say that I really do appreciate uh, your leadership, uh, the president's leadership on this issue, and um, really for all that you are doing to, to fight uh, for reproductive rights for women. Um, it's an honor. So that's Gia Quinto welcoming Kamala Harris to Indiana. What does the vice president have to say? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, the vice president on abortion. Came to visit with me in Washington, D.C. Um, to talk about all of you and the people of this beautiful state. Um, and it was from that conversation that um, he also made an invitation for me to come and visit with you. And so I'm here today to thank you because the people at this table are not only local and state leaders, you are national leaders on the front lines of one of, one of the most critical issues facing our country. I want to thank Representative Carson for joining me and flying in with me today um, and for your leadership in Washington, D.C., representing the people of the state of Indiana. As has been said, the United States Supreme Court, in the Dobbs decision, took a constitutional right that had been recognized from the people of America, the women of America. Let's contemplate what that means in and of itself. 
that in a land that was founded on the important principles of freedom and liberty, that such a thing would happen, and not without grave consequence. So that is the context in which we meet and fight. This has created a healthcare crisis in America. And as has been said, Indiana has already been on the forefront of this very issue. As Representative Pryor described, one of the more publicized and well-known cases in terms of what this issue means to real people, including children. And I will tell you, around our country, we are seeing indeed many states since the Dobbs decision and attempting even before to criminalize health professionals, to punish women. States that are creating no exception for rape or incest. And I am a former prosecutor. I specialized in crimes against women and children. I specialized in, in child sexual assault cases. The idea that in some states, after a child or a woman or a man, but in particular on this case of abortion, a woman or a child would have endured such an act of violence and then to suggest that she would not have the autonomy and authority to make a decision about what happens to her body is outrageous. So these are the parameters of this issue, and of course, there are more. I would also say that on this issue, one does not have to abandon your faith or your beliefs to agree that the government should not be making this decision for her. An individual should be able to choose based on their personal beliefs and the dictates of their faith, but the government should not be telling an individual what to do, especially as it relates to one of the most intimate and personal decisions a woman could make. Here in Indiana, I am here to support these extraordinary and courageous leaders. And in particular on this day, where Indiana is the first state since the Dobbs decision to convene a special session to propose a law that includes, based on what is being proposed, what essentially will be a ban on abortion for women. Because do be clear, um, and maybe some people need to actually learn how a woman's body works. But when you understand how a woman's body works, you will understand that the parameters that are being proposed mean that for the vast majority of women, by the time she realizes she is pregnant, she will effectively be prohibited from having access to reproductive health care that would allow her to choose. 
what happens to her body. So these are the realities. The president has signed an executive order to protect women's access to abortion med medication and has taken action to protect the constitutional right to interstate travel. And we will do everything in our power to follow through on those commitments. Um, but what we know is that this issue of access to reproductive care and a woman's right to make decisions about her body relate to other risks that have been posed by the Dobbs decision. I don't think there are other risks that have been posed by the Dobbs decision. It's the idea that somehow we're not allowed to make a decision. We're not allowed to have a standard. That's the problem. That's the fundamental issue. That's the everything. For what reason can we not engage a standard? That's a mind scramble right there. Of course you're able to engage a standard. Of course you have to be able to engage a standard. How could you think otherwise? And if we can get a little more bold in the conversation, a little more honest in the conversation, a little more clarity in the conversation, how is it possible that we're still having this conversation without a recognition of, well, okay, you don't want to have any exceptions for rape, incest, life of the mother. Okay, what's your plan? And their plan is zero. Their plan is nothing. Absolutely, positively nothing. They have no plan. So they're getting... I don't know why they don't have a plan, but they don't. I don't know why anybody's asked, why people aren't asking, where is your plan? But no one is. It is remarkable and stunning and shocking that that's the case. So they've given uh, Kamala Harris her applause. Look at that right there. And I guess they're going to do whatever it is their, their roundtable thing kind of does. That's, that's, that's wonderful. But what they haven't done is shown Hoosiers what the opposite plan is. What is the plan of the Democratic Party? No one's asking. Why am I the only guy asking? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It doesn't make any sense at all. I think it's the most rational question in the world. What's their plan? What's their plan? I didn't know I didn't know that was such a shocking thing to ask. I have got more. We'll get into it. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. But what they haven't done is shown Hoosier. That's wonderful. It does. That's 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 one roundtable thing. What is the plan? Of so they've given uh, shocking, remarkable, and stunning, and shocking. But what they haven't done is. Thing to ask. I have got more. We'll get into it. Keep it here. This 
is Tony Katz today. Weeks ago, we haven't missed it. As someone who goes to the pump regularly, Ron, I, I have to agree with you. Uh, before you go, I want to ask about the president's approval ratings. To say the least, they are not ideal. Um, but the reality is that pieces of his agenda are extremely popular. I'm thinking about the bipartisan infrastructure law. I'm thinking about recent gun safety reforms. So where exactly is the disconnect here? Well, Simone, I think the president's approval rating is kind of a reflection of how people feel about what's going on in the country. And some things in our country aren't going well, uh, not because of what the president did, but in fact because of what the president's fighting against. Uh, they want to see him fight for reproductive rights. He is. He signed a very strong executive order about that. Now they want to see if we're going to win that fight. They want to see the president continue to push to bring down the cost of everyday goods. We've got a bill in Congress uh, this week to try to uh, expand the production of computer chips, bring down the cost of automobiles. We've got a bill in Congress in the next few weeks, hopefully, to pass to reduce the price of prescription drugs and reduce the cost of uh, health insurance premiums. Everything's the Republicans' fault. Don't you know it? Everything. Oh, sure, Biden, he'd have popularity at 97.5% if it wasn't for those meddling Republicans. That's a take. That is an incredible take. And the White House has been going down the road of, well, you see, you don't clearly understand uh, that um, everything is fine. As a matter of fact, the economy is not showing any signs of, of a recession. Why in the world would you say such a thing, Tony Katz? Tony Katz today, it is so good to be with you. This is Janet Yellen. Secretary of the Treasury on that exact subject. But you don't see any of the signs now. A, a, a recession is a broad-based contraction that affects many sectors of the economy. We just don't have that. Consumer spending yeah. remains solid. Um, it's continuing to grow. Um, output, industrial output grown in uh, five of the six la uh, most recent months. Um, credit quality remains very strong. Household balance sheets are generally in good shape. But inflation is way too high. And, um, the, you know, the Fed is charged with putting in place policies that will bring inflation down. The Fed can't bring down inflation if you still continue spending. And listen to what people think is popular. You just heard Ron Klain, the White House Chief of Staff, say this. The, the, the popular thing is the American Rescue Plan, $1.9 trillion. It's not popular. People couldn't tell you what's in it, what's about it, how it works. What they can tell you is, to the extent that they get paying attention to their local politics, look, we got money to do this. Look, we got money to do that. That money has a cost. The spending. 
So here is Yellen pretending to tell us that the Fed is tasked with lowering inflation as if somehow it's somebody else's fault, but the the raising of rates will only do so much if there's more spending going on the other side, and there's still more spending going on on the other side. Printing and spending, I think, is maybe a better way to say that. That's the entire issue. That's the beginning and the end. This is the story for the midterm. Not not deniable and not debatable. This is the story for the entirety of, of the midterms. There's no way a- around this. I was on Fox News over the weekend. And it was a conversation about gas prices because gas prices have come down. Uh, the average is 436. Although, you know, I guess it depends on where you're on the country, but our national average is 436. A month ago, it was $4.92. A year ago, it was $3.15. So we're still a buck plus over where we were. But the question that was posed to me was how does the, this administration take credit for lowering gas prices when they said it wasn't their fault to begin with? And that led to this conversation. Maybe two a month ago. But way up from 315 a year ago, Tony, is it appropriate for President Biden to take credit for prices coming down when he didn't want the blame for them going up? Right. This is the Putin uh, price hike that has brought us lower prices because this is what he told us for months and months and months. No explanation for this. Of course, it looks uh, remarkably crass and crude when he takes credit for this. I'm glad to see gas prices going down, sure. but let's not kid ourselves. If Janet Yellen wants to argue that we're not at the definition of recession, ask Midwest Main Street where they think they are. They think that they're in it. You have inflation at 9.1%, but you have the PPI, the producer price index, what it costs manufacturers to build things at 11.3%. That cost gets passed on to us. It doesn't matter what else is going on in America. Democrats are desperate to make it a culture war election. Ah, feel free. This is an economic election, and Democrats are looking for a bad time in November. They're getting a bad time in November, whether they like it or not. Because this is it. We had a conversation about the border and and what's going on there. I put forth to you that the border is actually not a big story. Follow me here for a moment. It is not a big story in terms of top mover for the election. It is an incredibly big story for the pylon. This is Mike Emanuel over there at Fox again asking the question. Alejandro Mayorkas. The border is secure. The border, um, we are working to make the border more secure. That has been a historic challenge. Tony, what border is he talking about? I'm not sure. I'm assuming uh, he doesn't know either. No one believes that the border is secure. No one believes that the border is safe. And your report earlier with Steve Harrigan, I think, absolutely proves that once again. But the border conversation goes to the idea that the administration keeps trying to tell us something we know isn't true. In the same way White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre likes to tell us that the fundamentals of the economy are strong. 
Brad could talk about unemployment being 3.6%, which is very, very nice, but it doesn't engage the real problems that America is having with supply chain, with inflation, and with the idea that they can't find qualified people to work at their places in Midwest Main Street. The border is a real issue, but it's a compounding issue to the fact that the inflation, the economy, is the key driver for the midterm. It's just insulting when Secretary Mayorkas speaks like that. But- that, I believe, is the proper argument. It's actually the first time I had put it in that way, and I was like, that's exactly right. I think that's the way America feels. Inflation, economy, gas prices, top line, supply chain, top line. The border is just freaking infuriating, and it is a compounding issue. If you, which, and, and what, I, what I think the argument I'm making, I shouldn't say I think, the argument I'm making goes as follows, and this is why I think Democrats have it very bad in November. If you took the border away, in terms of it being an issue, you would still be left with the top line and a seething. You would still be left a seething, S-E-E-T-H-I-N-G, not a ceiling, a seething. You would still be left with an infuriation. You'd still be left with people in a bad way. The border just makes them feel worse. You mean Kamala Harris has the time to come to Indiana to talk about unfettered abortion and recreational abortion, but she doesn't have time to do her job on the border? What the hell, man? Good to know Indiana's a border state, Vice President Harris. Oh, I'd love to have the interview. Oh, I'd love to do the interview with Vice President Harris. Oh, it'd be so good. It'd be so good. And that'd be the first question. How does this work? Ma'am, how does this work that you come to Indiana, not to Texas? You come to Indiana, not to Arizona. You come to Indiana, not to New Mexico. When did we become a border state? You're focused on abortion? I have Pete Buttigieg telling me that the uh, story here is that it's Republicans who want a culture war, not the Democratic Party. Now, I'll confess, in the work that we're doing, we have found that not everybody is prepared to hear about justice and equity in the, constants, in the context of transportation, as if transportation is somehow uniquely immune to the impacts of patterns of exclusion and racial injustice that have touched every other part of our society. So I just want to make clear, we're not the ones looking for culture wars. We're just trying to do what's right, healing the broken places in our country. Fix the roads. Asphalt is your answer. No one needs you to fix the healing, to do the healing of the broken places. Yes, you are the ones looking for a culture war. How do I know this? Vice President Harris is literally five minutes away from me. That's how I know. This is, of course, how we all know. She's talking about abortion and not the border. Of course she wants a culture war. By the way, are we going to note that the best that the Indiana Democratic Party could do? Because Indiana has the first special session where this is a subject, so it's getting focused. The best they could do is Kamala Harris. The best they could do is word salad Harris. I mean, you 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 think you think I'm kidding. This was Kamala Harris just a couple days ago.
So when I think about what we need to do to address mayor, um, what ultimately does so often fall on the shoulders of our mayors to address on a community level, um, we need to take action at the federal level. Okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. Come on now. That's the best they could do. Culture war. All they have. It's all they have. They're the ones playing the culture war game. And me, I'm fine with the culture war. Let's go to work. Let's bring it. Let's do it to it, baby. What you got? Oh, I'm down for that fight. I plan on winning. I plan on winning. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, they're denying recession. That's what Janet Yellen was doing. Don't deny what's right there in front of people's face that they're dealing with every single day. Don't deny it. That's that's no way to win an election. <laughs> By the way, there doesn't seem like any way they're right now going to win in 2022. Uh, but it, look, it's it, if don't ever underestimate the Republicans' ability to screw it up. They're Republicans. It's the party stupid. They can do anything. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Full Frontal with Samantha B has been canceled by TBS. I'm pretty sure the only person I've ever met who has watched that show is producer Ari. Just betting cash money on that one. They continue to shape uh, their new programming strategy, so they've made some difficult business-based decisions. Uh, Samantha B is a uh, alum of uh, The Daily Show. Um, an insane, irrational leftist, uh, and um, was uh, tremendously unfunny, but remarkably crude. That's that's who she is, or, or or at least that's what the show was. I don't know if that's who she is. I don't know if it was character or 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 really where she's at. I would have no clue. Uh, there, there's a there's a question within this. Like, what, what what does this all mean for for what it is that the people want? I know that when people talk about this on, and we talk about late night talk, they'll say, "Look how well Gutfeld's doing. Look how well Gutfeld's doing against no other conservative competition on the top rated cable news network." But if you take a look at him in comparison to all the other late night hosts combined, it's still a much bigger audience. They have the much bigger audience. This is not me attacking Gutfeld. This is just making sure we're always keeping things in context. Let that man be huge. Don't bother me none. I think there's 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 room. There there's there's market. There's marketplace. That's what I believe. That's my take. So is it we need more Gutfeld and less Samantha B? I would argue the answer is yes. It's exactly what we need. People want to laugh. What if I, and, and, and to the extent, and again, this isn't about Gutfeld. Maybe you just need a late night show that's funny and skewers all the way around and then has good interviews and not vapidness. Maybe that's all that people want. But I think it's very clear they don't want to be lectured to. They're, they're desperate, desperate not to get lectured to. Just entertain me. J- shut up and make me laugh. 
Now, that's a little different than shut up and dribble, because I don't believe in shut up and dribble. And dribble. You know, you, 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 you want to say something, go ahead. You just have to deal with the consequences. The part that always gets to me is that when athletes say things and then they, people are like, I don't agree with you. They're like, well, you have to agree with me. Otherwise, you're a racist. Oh, go to hell. No one has to agree with you. Soccer player, basketball player, baseball player, football player, hockey player, whatever you are. No one has to agree with you. In the end, they don't actually care about your politics. They just want you to play and they want you to win. That's what they want. We shouldn't kid ourselves. This is the ultimate, ultimate desire. But if you want to get political, you, you, you can't. I say the same thing uh, 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 about the guys who do sports radio. You want to get political? You can get political, but you're not good at it. You don't know how to do it. You don't study it. And then you get amazed when people are like, we don't want to hear this. Right. Because people don't want their politics on their sports radio. They want sports. That's what they want. But every time somebody else doesn't give people what they want, I figure it's more of an opportunity for me. Because I'm giving people what they want. And uh, having a great time doing it. So, you know, win-win. This is Tony Katz today.